0: not as bad as it looked, and asked me questions if I was confusing. Last offseason, the Cubs front office took a bunch of black eyes. They didn't sign Nick Castellanos. They didn't add any big-name relief pitchers. Frankly, they didn't do much of anything. It was a really quiet off-season, and because of that, the Cubs caught a lot of flack. Now, part of it was, part of it was, not excusifying, just stating part of it was, they really probably did want to trade Chris Bryant if the offers were there. However, it took the arbitrator a long time to decide that Chris Bryant had two years before free agency and not one year before free agency. And that that swung things. Because by the time Bryant... Had that decided for him, that he had two years of free agency and not one, most of the teams had already spent the money they were going to spend. I've talked about it before. When an owner tells a general manager, you have a $160 million budget for the upcoming offseason, usually that word is coming down 1st of November, maybe, 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 maybe as late as early, early December. But based on the ticket renewals and all that kind of stuff, and how much the owner is actually willing to spend, the owner tells the general manager, "Here's what your budget is. Go over the budget, get fired." Everybody knows that's how it works. If you're if you're supposed to spend one hundred seventy million dollars and you spend two twenty, you're gone. You're just you're gone. And if the owner is willing to let the general manager spend beyond their means. They better have a good team when they do it. Last couple of years, the Cubs spent a bit beyond what Tom Ricketts had authorized Theo Epstein to spend, and the team was competitive. Most of the time, they made it to the playoffs. Last year, they did not. There were reasons for that. But this offseason... I think the term is, it was time to pay the piper. In 2017, they spent 2018 money. In 2018, they spent 2019 money. In 2019, they spent 2020 money. And Theo Epstein was informed by Tom Ricketts. There's the limit. You're not going over. But we want to get Nick Castellanos is there an echo? I said, here's the limit. You're not going over. If the Cubs could have made it, a, tra- made a trade for Chris Bryant for these young players or, you know, something. Probably, possibly, maybe, perhaps it could have been a different team this year. It wasn't. So basically for 2020, the Cubs rolled out the same guys as before, To a large extent, for better or for worse. There were some trades that possibly might have been made, but weren't. And walking into February, it kind of looked bad. It kind of looked really bad. And there were a few things on the Cubs' side. Some of them being not one of them being not all five teams are likely going to have a good year. Looking at it, some people said, well, Pirates probably aren't going to be competitive, but never count out the Brewers, and the Cardinals are always always right there, and the Reds have some names. Well, once the year broke apart in March, took some time off and came back together, and... 60-man player pools were put together, and the year was patched back together. The Pirates weren't competitive, not really. The Reds haven't been as hoped. The Brewers' Dan Vogelbach is hitting fifth against right-handed pitching. I'm still trying to sort through that bit of information. This is not just a one-time thing. He is the fifth hitter as the DH when there's a right-handed pitcher. Maybe they'll change tomorrow, but when I've been watching, when it's been a right-handed pitcher, Dan Vogelbach has been the designated hitter batting fifth. That's what they're going with. And the Cardinals, we've seen them a bunch. The Cubs ended up sticking with the same guys, and Hugh Darvish has been fantastic. Ian Happ, I've talked about a bit. Ian Happ makes sense as the next extension candidate. I've said it before. Probably tonight I'll type an article up along those lines because I'm sold on it. Happ was one of the people that was... People wanted to trade. Move, move HAP, move HAP and get a, re, a reliable starting pitcher. I think it's kind of funny when people say trade this dude, wh- whoever it is, for a reliable pitcher. And they never give an example. They never say who they're talking about. You know, who who is a reliable pitcher. Well, no, 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 I I want a reliable pitcher. Well, when the Cubs brought in Tyler Chatwood, he was considered a reliable pitcher. No, 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 I don't want Tyler Chatwood. I want a reliable pitcher. What they're talking about is I want a desired result. I don't want a specific individual. You can't go out on the free agent market and sign a desired result. It doesn't work that way. You can't trade for a desired result. It doesn't work that way. You have to acquire an individual player, and then you get to assess the player and see how the player does, and perhaps the player provides you the desired result, or perhaps they don't. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do the bridge again. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really enjoy it. Uh, I was working on one tonight and I heard the ding, which means somebody else started to follow me. And that really, uh, that I really do appreciate. Follow, like, rate the podcast well if it deserves it. Um, I'm trying to provide value. And if there's a podcast that you think someone else might get a kick out of, share it with them. Who knows? They might like it. Or they might say you're an absolute idiot and you have no idea what I like if you think this is what I like, and then you say, "Oh, okay, well I learned something." That's part of the fun. Um, so the Cubs did things. They brought in some pitchers. Why did they bring in this relief pitcher? They didn't go. They didn't bring back Pedro Strop. They should have spent three point eight million dollars and brought back Pedro Strop. Or whatever. The, I can't even remember what the going rate was for him. I don't think it was that. It's probably 1.8, 1.6. <laughs> Brought in Jeremy Jeffress for $800. Picked up Ryan Tapera off the... Um, I think he, he might have actually come off the street and it was he was put out for um, garbage pickup. I'm not exactly sure how that worked. But their bullpen, a lot of them were... What the heck? Let's bring this guy in. They signed um, the guy who just got designated for assignment, and I'm already forgetting his name. I'm a horrible human being. I am a terrible, 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 terrible person. And, um, you know, you're hollering. I I can hear you. You're hollering at at your computer screen. Matt Dermody. Cubs picked up Matt Dermody, sent him off to um, OTAs is doing really well. Boom. Uh, sent some players off to the alternate training site on my Twitter. I linked to a Dilla- Dakota Meccas uh, scouting report on Braylon Marquez. Look it up. Dakota Meckes, Braylon Marquez, scouting report. I, if you have my Twitter, I retweeted it. Uh, Dakota Meckes is talking about how Major League hitters are showing up, and when they're batting against Braylon Marquez, they're swinging at the first pitch because they know they can't hit 101 from the left side. It's really kind of funny and uh, frustrating. And uh, somewhat, um, one of the guys who was with Marquez last year in Advanced A uh, was commenting how... Um, it was, it was cheating at the advanced A level because <laughs> advanced A hitters, they can't hit 99, 100, 101. And when it's spotted and there's a slider and a change to go with, how are you going to hit that at advanced A level? You can't. And uh, no, it was, um, it was a fun little nugget vignette from Dakota Mecca's. And Braylon Marquez should be a fun piece. And I'm still holding to, I'm in favor of leaving him in the alternate training site until and unless one of the relief pitchers or starting pitch, well, one of the relief pitchers goes on the 45-day injured list. If it turns out that somebody, something happens, it's like, ooh, I don't think he's going to be back. It could be a 10-day injury, but more than likely it's going to be a whole lot longer than 10 days. And when you take into consideration how long the playoffs are going to be, and you know, all that kind of stuff, if any pitcher has a severe injury and gets put on the 45 day. Injury list, call up Braylon Marquez then, but not sooner. Um, the premise was, and I seem to have wandered a bit, but not really. The offseason was not as bad as it looked. In December, in January, and in February... Looking back, knowing now what we should have known then. Because COVID was going to be a thing. COVID was going to be a concern. And any team that didn't know COVID was going to be a huge problem has a huge problem themselves in their medical information field in their own organization because if you can't look at COVID as it was in December and say, dudes, this season ain't gonna go normal. If you couldn't realize that in December or at the very latest by mid-January, you need new people. You need to hire new people, more people, whatever. You're running a multi you have a multi-billionaire running a business. Hire somebody from the CDC. (laughs) Pay them $80,000 a year. Hey, tell us if anything's actually gonna, you know, impact our business. That seems like it might be a kind of a good thing. 2020, the finances are wrecked. 2021, whether the finances are wrecked or not, owners are going to act like the finances are wrecked. Now, that's not me saying that's how I want it to be. That's how it's gonna be. The owners that last year said, your budget is 140. You know what the budget's going to be next year? 115? Something like that? No, you're not spending. You're not spending. And on top of that, somewhere in 21, 2021 or 2022, there's going to be a lockout or there's going to be a strike. Because owners and players are completely on the entire different page, and if you don't know that, you haven't been watch following baseball for the past year. Owners and players are completely on different. Yeah, there's uh, men are from Venus and women are from Mars or whatever. What one of them is from Alpha Centauri and one of them is from some made up planet from Doctor Who. It's just no. There's they're completely different. No, there's no nothing. The finances in 2020, the finances in 2021, and the finances in 2022 are going to be horrible. Should they be? Probably not. (laughs) You're looking at billionaires. You're looking at billionaires. They should probably be able to put on a decent program, but uh, they don't want to lose. They just don't want to lose. So 2020 is going to be garbage. 2021 is going to be garbage. 2022 is going to be garbage. By 2023, I think it'll probably be about back to normal. Whatever normal is going to be then. And normal then might be completely different from what it is now. But, um, you know, contracts like Nick Castellanos, Joey Votto, contracts that didn't look bad at the time. They're going to look bad. They're going to look very bad. Um, the trades that the Cubs might have made to trade the future for the present, they didn't make those. It's very fortunate they didn't make those. The Reds made a trade that... <sighs> I've mentioned it before. It's going to go down for me as one of those absolutely mind-numbing, Stupid trades, not on a, excuse me, Quintana, Forseas, and Jimenez, sort of. It's a different thing than that because Quintana was expected to provide a certain level of value for three years, three, three and a half years. And to an extent, he came fairly close to it for a couple of the years, and one of the years he can... He faltered a bit, and this year he hasn't been very much of anything. But he was around for four years. He was around for four years, and that was what was expected. And for four years of a hopefully um, World Series spot-creating pitcher, they traded away two really good prospects. The trade the Reds made. They traded away a second-round draft pick, in Stuart Fairchild to Arizona to get Archie Bradley, who is he's an adequate pitcher, reasonably decent leverage guy. Bradley has a contract for this season and next season the brave season the the Reds season correction the Reds season comes down to tomorrow. If the Reds don't beat you, Darvish, tomorrow, it gets really hard to draw up any scenario where they make the playoffs. It could happen, but it's going to be really hard. Here, I'll walk you through it. Cubs are 23-8. The Cardinals... Wait, no, 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 no. Let me get this right. Cardinals are Cubs are 25 and 18. Cubs are 25 and 18. The Cardinals are 27 and 18. To make the last possible playoff spot, the Reds are going to pretty much have to catch up with the Cardinals. Pretty much. They don't necessarily have to pass them, but they pretty much have to get to be virtually A 500 team. And between the Cardinals and the Brewers are the Reds, who are between the Cardinals and the Reds are the Brewers, who it would be really helpful for the Reds to catch up to. And the Brewers and the Cardinals have 10 games remaining. It's going to be really hard for the Reds to catch up playing dead baseball and having to jump at least one of those teams. So, the Archie Bradley trade boils to... Oh, next year. Next year. Okay. How are they going to do next year? You've seen that team. You've seen that team. Trevor Bauer's going away. So, yank him out. Joey Votto's getting old and expensive. Pull him out. Cincinnati's not going to go out and spend a whole lot of money on free agents. You can throw that out. There's just not a lot there. You know, it's not that they all, they have all terrible players, but there's not a whole lot of this thing is going to turn around really quickly. They're going to rely on going out and finding somebody like Shogo Akiyama, who they picked up in the offseason from overseas, and he hasn't produced a whole lot, but no, that's what they're going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for a cut-rate guy to come in and have a fantastic season. It can happen, but they're, I guess some of their players, uh, Nick Senzel, could come back and be healthy again. That would help, but the Reds went all in for this year and next year on a trade, and I just don't see this year or next year going well for them. The finances in baseball are getting huge. If you have a bad contract and you're in a market where ownership's not going to say, hey, go ahead, spend, spend, spend. Vado's contract, if he's not going to hit, is a crusher. Castellanos, his contract isn't terrible, but he's going to have to hit a bunch to make up for his defense. And again, the Reds just don't have a whole lot. Their pitching's pretty good, but they have so many holes on their team, so many holes. So as you look at the Cubs' situation now, the Cubs are who they are. And they have Braylon Marquez on the way. They have Miguel Amaya on the way. They have Brennan Davis on the way. Everyone has players that are on the way. Of course, the Reds traded one of theirs away. The Pirates are lost. The the Pirates are very hopeless for the next three years. They traded away their best prospects to get Chris Archer. There you go. Um, The NL Central, for a while, kind of, sort of, looks like a Three team division, St. Louis, St. Louis, or St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago, and that's kind of where we've been for a couple of years. And that the Cubs didn't spend a whole lot of money in the offseason. You Darvish gets cheaper every year. After this season, he'll still be around for three years, his cheapest three years, and I don't think anybody's complaining about it. Ian Happ's doing fine. Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, and Kyle Schwarber. know they have to hit and play well and execute and function and everything else to get paid. They know it. They have to compete. If they compete, they get paid. If they if they look like they're you know if they put up the numbers, they get paid. If they don't put up the numbers. They're not going to get the monster numbers that they expected because nobody's going to be paying that. Nobody's going to be paying that, especially if it doesn't look like you're going to produce. This off season, the Cubs front office took a whole lot of hell. They took a whole lot of hell because the owner said, get under this number. The only way they could get under that number was basically standing pat. Rowan Wick's doing okay. Ryan Tapera's doing okay. Um, Kyle Ryan could use some improvement. Uh, Dwayne Underwood's looking really good. Ed Braille might be useful into the future. Get another couple, couple of looks. I'd love to see Tyson Miller start against the White Sox the last week of the season. That'd be fantastic. Let's going to look at him. Hey, what you got? Okay, cool. Good. We're good to go now. Um to an extent have 8 or 10 more good games and then start auditioning players to an extent seriously uh maybe bring up Josh Fegley so that uh Victor Caratini and Wilson Contreras get a little bit of time off I don't know but uh the off season eventually it's really not popular to say now, really, 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 really not popular to say right now that the Cubs might have had a successful off season. But considering everything that has happened, will happen, and is apparently going to happen, not spending much money over the offseason, that's a real good idea. That's a, I'm not sure who's going to replace John Lester. I'm not sure who's going to replace Tyler Chatwood. I'm not sure who's going to replace... Um, Jose Quintana. They're gone. They're gone at the end of the year. Alec Mills will probably be one of them. Edward Elzele will probably be one of them. There will be an... Uh, I figure they'll probably get two guys kind of along the lines of, um, I'll say Paul Mahalem. You know, a- after the... After Trevor Bauer signs and the other big guys say, okay, we need two guys who might give us good innings this year, and we fully expect one of them to get hurt, and we'll pay, you know, five, six million dollars for one year. Who wants it? Take two. Bring them into camp, see what you got. Hopefully, both of them hit. If both of them hit, then I don't know quite what you do. But uh, normally, those problems solve themselves. The Cubs offseason, people are going to criticize it, but it was flipping brilliant. It's the best offseason they've had in a long time because they didn't write any bad contracts. only way they can improve it in the next offseason is to get Ian Happ for a three- or four-year extension. As long as it's team reasonable. Don't overspend when there's no quality. Just don't. The team, as it was, was good enough to get them to 25 and 18. Would that have worked in a regular season? I don't know. I have no idea. But any team that had a quality, um, health information service going in their front office by late December or mid-January, they should have known this isn't going to be a normal season. If you should know, but you don't, you deserve to lose. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast, as Circumstances Warrant. I'll attempt to make that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.